you know it's something special, our worship, when I see a number of people here for both services <laughs> that have entered into the joy of the worship that we had today. You know there's some scholars uh, talking about music who believe that God sang the universe and the world into existence. We know that the word created everything, but there are some who believe God sang it into existence. It's a beautiful thought. So any of you who have been to my home, I know that I have two wide double doors that open up into my backyard, and it's a great feature of my home. Uh, but it creates one problem, especially in the spring when I open up those double doors, occasionally a bird will fly into my house and that poor thing cannot find its way out. So uh, in, invariably, the uh, bird will fly up into my uh, second story and it'll find a window and the bird will start diving into the window, hitting the window back and forth, back and forth, slamming into it, feathers flying, eyes wide open in panic mode, um, flailing and chirping in desperation. So when that happens, uh, usually the first thing that takes place is my wife cries out, JJ, there's a bird in the house. And then I've got to come to the rescue of my wife and of this little feathered friend. So, um, so what I do is I go and I get a broom. I get a broom and I uh, go upstairs and I open up two doors. One door, uh, both doors actually lead uh, out to a balcony. And then I'll get the broom and I'll gently nudge the bird that's, uh, that's in the window uh, towards the, uh, the door. And usually the bird will fly out. Usually they'll fly out. But occasionally that bird won't fly out. Then I have to go and try to grab the bird. And uh, it isn't easy, but I usually get the bird and I can feel its little heart beating like a thousand times a minute. And I go out on the balcony and I release it and it flies off. And I can swear I've heard a bird say before, praise the Lord, thank you for getting me out of the house. <laughs> um, and uh, I've noticed that there are two kinds of, of birds. There are, there are, most of the birds are freaking out when they fly into my house. They're freaking out, they're full of fear. They kind of feel like this is a crisis moment, this is a life and death situation. And, uh, and, they're, very, and they're very afraid. But occasionally when I pick up a bird, it will just softly rest in my hand. And I can carry the bird out without it striving against my hand and just release it and it will fly off just as gently and nicely as it can. Those two birds are a picture of my message this morning on peace. One bird, and most of those birds that fly into my house, they fall apart, they, they're in panic, they stress, they're fretting when they come into the house, but occasionally there's the bird that is just fully at peace for whatever reason, fully at peace and able to go through the trauma of being in a place that they don't understand and then peacefully kind of work through it. So 
my question to you this morning is, what kind of bird are you like? Are you like the bird that, that falls apart when a crisis comes into your life, when the storms of life erupt? Are you like that bird where you just fall apart? Or are you more like the other bird that's able to, you are able to draw your heart to God and have God give you a peace that he wants to give you and help you work through the storms of life. And I would venture to say, and I know there was one person here at last service who you know, heard the news that she's got perhaps uh, terminal cancer. And so you, people are dealing with these sort of things right now. And I would venture to say that all of you here are in a mini to a major sort of crisis in your life in some area. Perhaps it is a broken heart or it's a loss of someone, or it's illness, or finances, or raising your kids, or wondering who God is. You're just struggling in your faith. But I would venture to say, all of you here are in some kind of crisis, one way or another. And right now in this world, this is like a, this is like a crazy world. And if there was ever a time that we need peace, it's right now. Wouldn't you say so? Like, you, you turn the news on and you can't bear it for more than 10 seconds. Everybody's screaming at everybody. Everybody's yelling at everybody. I went to the planning commission on Wednesday at City Hall and everybody's yelling at everybody about they don't like this or don't like that, you know. And, and it's a chaotic, confusing time. But in the midst of it, God, the God that we love, says to us, I have a peace for you that will help you through the greatest storms of your life. So where are you right now today? Are you needing God's peace? And if you are, this is a, this is a message for you. So on the second Sunday of Advent, as Jeff has already said, our theme is peace. And uh, we're gonna look at the passage that we're highlighting during our four-week series on uh, Advent. Uh, the passage from Isaiah 9. It's a prophetic passage, uh, speaking of Jesus, written by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born. It's a very strong word. Can you imagine the prophet describing Jesus seven centuries before Jesus ever came to this earth? So here it is, a very famous passage. A lot of you in days past have gotten this on a Christmas card, this passage here, speaking of a child who was born. That child, of course, is Jesus. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. He will rule with justice and righteousness from the throne of David to establish and uphold his kingdom forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So this is the famous passage on the Prince of Peace coming and Jesus coming to offer us the peace of heaven. So there's two kinds of peace that are mentioned in scripture. First is the peace where you and I are just doing really well. We're happy, 
we're contented, we're calm, everything's tranquil in our life, there's no conflict, there's no trouble or problems going on. That's the peace that the world knows, and that's the peace that the world yearns for, and that's a peace that is good. God says that peace is important for us. And we all, and if you come to the Advent service tonight, that's how I would characterize our Advent service. Our Advent service is like walking into a, into a room full of peace and contentment, full of the softness and the beauty of the Spirit of God. It's a very inviting atmosphere, our Advent service. It's peaceful, it's tranquil, it's, it's calm. And so last month, when we were studying Psalm 23, there's a perfect description of this kind of peace. If I can have, there it is right there. Thank you, Steve. So here is that peace that we all love to find. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Just reading that two verses just makes me want to go, oh, I just want to lay down in the meadow near the brook where you just hear the brook just going down and you, it's all you're hearing is the bubbling of the brook. There's no noise in the background. Everything is peaceful and it's calm. And we all love that kind of peace, don't we? But there's a second peace that is greater than that kind of peace. And the second peace is the peace that God gives. And it's a peace that is not the absence of conflict or problems, but it's a peace that God gives in the midst, in the middle of those conflicts and problems. And just before Jesus went to the cross, he promised us this peace. And I want to look at the passage here in John 14. This is just hours before Jesus is going to be betrayed, just hours before he goes to the cross, and he's going to tell his disciples who are going to be completely completely freaked out, completely in fear over what's going to take place. He's going to say to them and impart to them a peace that they don't know about. And Jesus is going to say, peace I leave with you. He's leaving. Jesus is leaving. He's going to the cross. And after the resurrection, they're going to see him a few times, but then he's going to leave and go to heaven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So far, so good. But then he says, not as the world gives do I give to you. So Jesus here is talking about a peace that is not what the world can give us. It's not that calm, tranquil peace with no conflict going on. What Jesus is saying here is not as the world gives do I give to you. I'm going to give you a peace in the midst of when your hearts might be troubled or you might be afraid. So this peace is a supernatural peace. This peace is a miraculous peace. And how many of here would, you, uh, would say that right now at this time of your life, you could use a little of this kind of peace? Now, I'm going to raise my hand and tell you right now, right now I could use this peace, and it's available to us. And I'm going to tell you how you and I are able uh, to, to receive that peace. It's a supernatural and it's a miraculous peace that God gives to us. 
and we can draw upon this peace. Because you and I all know that when we're, uh, I can't remember who said this, but somebody said, <laughs> we, are, we are either in a trial, we're coming out of a trial, or we're about to start a trial. <laughs> all through life we go through, we go through these uh, cycles. We go through these issues where we're challenged uh, day after day, week after week, and this is a good thing because God takes the challenges of life to form us and change us and shape us to become more like Jesus. It's the refining fire of the Holy Spirit. But while we're in the fire, while we're in these troubled times, when we're distressed and we can't figure out what to do, God says, I want to offer you a peace in the midst of the hardest times of your life. And some of you are in some of those hardest times right now. I probably would say in the last year, it's been one of the hardest years of my life. On all fronts, on all fronts, it's been a difficult year for me. So, as I tell you almost every time I speak, the message I'm giving to you, I'm giving to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm right where you're at. I'm as human and as real as any of you in the sense that I am just as needy and just as wanting all of God that I can possibly get. And I've been teaching the Word of God for almost 50 years, and we're just barely scratching the surface on what we can learn about God. And God is faithful to keep reminding us and keep training us and keep discipling us. And he helps us in the midst of the troubles and difficulties of life. So the peace the world gives, it's a temporary peace, right? Uh, we can have peace... We can have peace for a while. Nikki and I, last month, we flew to Seattle and we took, drove a car uh, up to Puget Sound. Uh, we went to my brother's house who has a house on the water and we, 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 uh, we found that peace. We just sat on chairs and looked at the sunset that went down over the water and we, we, we had that peace. I wasn't home one hour. <laughs> I wasn't home one hour when like, like just boom, you know, problems everywhere. So, so, uh, so the, 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 at peace is temporary. I remember, I remember uh, back in 1969 that the, uh, John Lennon, the Beatle, uh, wrote um, his famous anti-war song of all we are saying is give, give peace a chance. It was the anthem of those who were protesting uh, the Vietnam War and some uh, 500, I wanted that on later in a minute, uh, some 500,000 uh, people sang that song, Give Peace a Chance, at a protest in Washington, D.C. Well, you can put it back up. This is the poster that came uh, out of that song. And, uh, and uh, that's an image of John Lennon with the title of the song. And then uh, in black letters over the red background, all the things about war that they didn't like. Of course, none of us liked that. And, and, uh, and I remember wanting that war to end myself. 55,000 Americans died in that war, and hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese died, and we all wanted that war to end, and it finally ended. And, and thank God that it finally ended, but guess what? Another war started a year or two later somewhere, and that's just the way uh, it's going to go until Jesus returns. Aren't you going to be glad when Jesus comes back? And there'll be no more wars. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrow. Jesus says when, that, when he comes back, all those things are part of the former things and we'll never have to deal with 
with that again. But for you and for me, we don't have to experience just temporary peace. God can give, it, God can give us, impart to us, release into our lives a peace that you can hardly believe. And I want to take my favorite example in the New Testament of two servants of God who we're going to watch experience that peace in the worst of circumstances. And any of you who know me know I love the book of Acts. We're going to look at a, a story in Acts 16 uh, concerning Paul and Silas who have just delivered this woman, a witch, from some demons, and then the crowd set upon them because they were so angry that Paul had robbed somebody of their livelihood. And this is what the passage says here, that the crowd began attacking Paul and Silas, and the officials tore their clothes off them and commanded that they be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw Paul and Silas into prison. So they were beaten with rods probably 30 or 40 times. They are really pretty, pretty mashed up. Maybe they've lost teeth. Maybe they've uh, had their eyes shut. Who knows? But they were beaten badly. And then they were thrown uh, into jail. Uh, but even further than that, they were put into a dungeon, which is like solitary confinement. And then, to make matters worse, they're fastened in stocks. Their feet are fastened in stocks, and they can't move. And about midnight, Paul and Silas began crying out, God, what are you doing? Why are we here? Why did you allow us to get beat up? Is that what it says? Can you believe this? They're in prison, and they began praying and singing hymns to God, and all the other prisoners were listening to them. How in the world, beaten like that, can anybody begin to pray and sing when they were probably in the worst pain of their lives? It's the supernatural peace of God that he released into that prison. And I don't have time to tell the rest of the story, but God springs them from the jail. All the other prisoners are able to get released. And then Paul leads the Philippian jailer to Christ. He and his whole family and the whole city of Philippi is turned upside down because two men called upon God. God, we're suffering, we're hurting. We need your peace. We need your help now. And God met them. I want you to know that wherever and whenever you need God to meet you, call upon his name and he will come. The Lord will come and he will give you peace. No matter what you're feeling, how hard life might be, how tough the mountain is you're climbing, how steep it is, or how deep the valley might be, God is always there, and God yearns to meet your heart at the times that you need him the most. Times where you may, have feel, you may feel like you are on the floor, you're crying out to God, nothing's making sense. Just ask God. Say, Lord, like Paul and Silas, in the toughest of circumstances, God, would you help me? I promise you, God will meet your hearts. So I want to give you two final thoughts, and then we're going to sing a song together. This final word, um, I would encourage you maybe even to take a 
snapshot of it on your iPhone. When there appears to be no hope, when circumstances seem impossible, when you think you're at the end and can bear no more, it's then that God does his greatest work. All God asks is that you pray and draw your heart to him. So I want you to think about this. When everything seems like it's over, when you can hardly bear it anymore, when circumstances seem impossible, you're feeling hopeless and broken, and you're not sure you can go on, it's right then at that moment that God does his greatest work. And what he will do as you pray, he will send you his peace and help you through it. And you may be having anxiety, you may, may be having oh, a, a whole a time of fear and worry and panic, but God will eventually come and meet your heart. And he will give you our last slide here, the last passage I want to share with you, which I think is one of the greatest verses in all the Bible, one of the most important verses in all of scripture. For you and for me, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're anxious this morning, God says, don't be anxious because there's something I can do for you. If you will simply pray and thank me, let me know what you need, I will give you a peace that passes all comprehension. I will release a peace to you that passes all understanding. You will experience a peace that you never fathomed ever again. I had a friend that woke up out of a surgery, a very serious surgery, taking several hours, and this person told me the minute they opened their eyes, realized they'd come out of the surgery in that hospital room, that they suddenly, at that moment of cognizance, experienced a peace of God that completely flabbergasted them. Waking up out of surgery, can you imagine the peace of God, the presence of God on them? This is why we sing those songs. We're going to sing a song to end our service. Chris is going to come down and lead us in a song. Uh, it's a song about the whole message I've just given you. And... Uh, I encourage you to stand. We'll sing it all together. Thank you for listening. In this life, when trouble comes, there's a place we can go. We can hide in the promises. And when trouble comes Is when we grow There's peace in the middle of the storm Peace in the middle of the storm Winds of change may blow your way There's peace in the middle of the storm Peace in the middle of the storm in the middle of the storm His mercy is new for us today There's peace in the middle In the middle In the middle of the storm 
In this world, you never know when your time has come. But we can't be sure that when it's time, yeah, we'll have peace of mind that the battle's won. of change may blow your way there's peace in the middle of the storm peace in the middle of the storm peace in the middle of the storm his mercy is new for us today there's peace in the middle in the middle in the middle of the storm today is peace in the middle of the storm it's gonna be all right 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 it's gonna be all I'd like to pray for the storm that you may be in right now. Whatever storm, mini, major, crisis, struggle, whatever you're in, I'm going to pray now for the peace that I just spoke about and that Chris just sung about would come for you and fill your heart and life. So God, we cry out to you, Lord. We call unto thee. Who have said, if you call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, far more than you might ever think or imagine. We're asking now, God, in the midst of our storms, that you would release that peace that passes all comprehension and all understanding. That you would soothe God, you would comfort, Lord, and you would give us in the midst of the troubles and problems we face this supernatural peace. We thank you. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.